raised me and who uh, brought me up in the ministry and in the kingdom of God and a man I call pastor and the man that, that uh, taught me how to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, so without further ado, could you welcome my father, Pastor Nathaniel Paul Urshan. Amen. You may be seated. Isn't this an amazing birthday night? 40 years ago, 40 years ago, your pastor, who was designed by God and purposed by God, to pastor the Tree of Life Church, and only God knew that then. And uh, there is a uh, story behind it all, but before I give a little insight into that, I'd like to uh, have the, the one person who was directly responsible for your pastor being born. And I mean directly responsible. She needs to say something because uh, we had to have her for this to take place. So I'm going to ask her to come and, and uh, tell you about the baby of our family. everyone. What a joy and a, just a wonderful experience to be here tonight, to see so many people that we recognize and we've grown to love, and to be with my family and my baby. <laughs> I'm just so thankful for what the Lord has done. I can't thank Him enough. I cannot thank Him. Every single day, I thank Him. Lord, I, I just don't have the words to tell you how thankful I am my children are walking in truth. I'm so thankful for that. The Lord has been so good, and your pastor has always loved the Lord from a little child. He was always witnessing to the neighbors. He always had a burden for souls. He always loved other people. He really loved people. In fact, I didn't think anybody could love people as much as he did. But I think the Lord gave me a child that really loved people, so I knew that they were real. But I'm so thankful for the chance to be here tonight and celebrate this wonderful occasion with you. Lord bless you. And I'm looking at people that have so enjoyed sitting around the table of plenty, spiritually plenty, a bountiful supply of preaching and truth and anointed dividing and splitting of the Word of God uh, and uh, the power that is released when you do that. It's the same as atomic energy. Uh, then the, the, the very minute, uh, tiny little atoms are 
a split in half, great energy is released. That's what happens when you split the word, divide the word, rightly divide the word. Truth explodes. Truth springs up from the earth. And uh, you have enjoyed that. But uh, when your uh, pastor was born, he was uh, the cutest little thing. And uh, we had already been blessed uh, with a, a beautiful little girl, just a, a darling little girl and a really uh, cute little boy. And, uh, and then uh, we got to talking, should we, should we go ahead and have another? And we thought, well, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should. Aren't you glad we did? <clears throat> and so about four or five years old, I, he looked at me one day. I was shaving. And uh, he was kind of fascinated watching me, uh, you know, kind of navigate that razor around my face and chin. And, and so he had a little name for it as a little boy. He said, Daddy, can I use your razor blazer? I said, well, I said, hon, I said, I don't think it's going to work on your face because there's not really anything to cut yet. But I said, someday. And, uh, and of course... Uh, and as years uh, came and went, and God's favor fell upon him, uh, he wielded a much sharper instrument called the two-edged sword than the razor blazer. It was a razor blazer from heaven that blazed the trail for many to find God. <clears throat> and so um, he grew up. He was constantly thinking about the work of God, planning conferences when he's supposed to do his schoolwork. And uh, the school teacher said, uh, Brother Shin, your son is just you're not get, keeping up with the schoolwork. He's trying to plan conferences and arrange preachers to come and preach at conferences. And I said, well, I tell you, it's, it's, uh, he, he, it's just in him. And so he lived in the work of God. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, he uh, and his brother uh, began to become curious about the way things were said and the way preachers preached and the way they expressed themselves in the articulated Word of God and all the many verbiages that came forth and flowed out of them. And uh, so they began to talk about it and, and uh, began to think about it. And God put His hand upon both those boys. And uh, this, uh, this uh, youngest one, this baby... Uh, he, he began to feel a call to preach at a, a very young age. And so he went on the evangelistic field at uh, the age of 15. And uh, he's, he's been a veteran of the work of God now for uh, actually uh, 25 years. He's, he's talking about retirement. And, and, <laughs> and so just teasing. But... Uh, uh, he, um, uh, the, the favor of God expanded his ministry, and the plan was he was supposed to uh, become the co-pastor with me of, of a church that had grown to well over 500 people in membership, and we were having great revival, and many people were coming to God, and he was going to be my successor. We were going to start a, a brand new church, just just kind of from nothing, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, 50 miles to the south, and uh, so we were going to do that, and uh, he was going to become the pastor. But a man by the name of Leroy Buller 
Called and said, uh, we think you should maybe come to Cincinnati. And so your pastor prayed about it, thought about it, and just, well, Brother Buller, thank you, but, you know, I'm, I'm very involved here, and, and I think I need to stay here. But somehow God used Brother Buller to continue on and to persist. And so sometime later he called again, and this time Brother Joel Urshan said, Dad, I think God's calling me to Cincinnati. I said, well, son, I told you I'd never stop you or prevent you from going to where God, you felt like God was leading you. If that's what you feel like, then that's what it should be. And it definitely was meant to be. It definitely was meant to be. And what's interesting is that my wife and I named both he and his brother with the same middle name of Andrew after the patriarch of the Urshan family. Little did we know that the powerful favor of the apostolic heritage that Andrew Urshan uh, originated would fall upon their ministries. And so I would love to say tonight at this 40th birthday observation and uh, celebration, I would love to say that it was all my wife and I, but it isn't. There was a hand back in the chromosomes and the DNA doing a master artwork in the blood and in the makeup and the design and the moving around of all the critical members that God uses to raise up mighty men of God. And God did just that and raised up two powerful men to preach the gospel to this generation. Amen. And uh, I would like to, uh, before we go any further, I'd like for Brother Wilson to lead us in that song I love to hear sung here. It's so apostolic. It's so powerful. And nobody sings it like Tree of Life Church. And uh, I'd just like for him to lead us in it. And I'd like you to stand with me and sing right now. Amen. Because we are living in tumultuous times and perilous times. Amen. When you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, lift up your head. Hallelujah. Lift up your head for your redemption. God not. Sound. When the trumpet sounds, I 
that he has done. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I, as you remain standing, I am going to bring the preacher to the pulpit tonight. I am not the preacher, but we have a powerful preacher here tonight, and uh, we're going to ask him to come down the aisle and uh, prepare to preach. This is probably Brother Joel's favorite preacher. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And the preacher tonight is was named after my father. And uh, we had specific reasons for naming both our sons what we did. In fact, our daughter as well has the Norwegian version of the name Christian. And uh, your pastor's name is a, a blending of the abbreviated forms of Jehovah and Elohim. You can't get any more godlike than that. Joel. And... Uh, your preacher tonight is Nathaniel A. Urshan II, who we named after my father, uh, who became a man of destiny in the apostolic fellowship and was a great lover of this church and a, a great admirer of Bishop Frank Kurtz. And uh, we're going to bring him to the pulpit right now. Your pastor knew nothing about this, and he's going to enjoy the rest of this service. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for making all of this possible? By his everlasting mercy. 
Oh, let's clap our hands unto the Lord and give him praise tonight. Ah, let's love him together. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his mighty works toward the children of men. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. How many are glad you're at church on a Wednesday night? And it is an honor to be here and to celebrate my brother's 40th birthday. Many, many wonderful memories and precious times. And it's not often that we're able to come together and as a family and do something like this. But it's very special that we can. Thank you to all the staff, uh, Brother Tierney and Brother and Sister Enos and and, and the Bullers and everybody that was involved, thank you for helping us put this together. God bless you for your efforts. We love you and appreciate you. <laughs> Amen. And, and when, when Brother Tierney contacted me, he said, he said, we want to surprise your brother. We're going to try to put one over on him. We're going to sneak you in the back door and we're going to hide you in the office. And, and you walked by in the hallway and we heard your laugh and, and, and he said, I know he wants to see his family and we're going to celebrate as a church body and as, as family. And that's what we are, is we're family. Amen. Both naturally and spiritually, it's part of the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and he said, but what he would want the most is the preaching of the word of God. The preaching of the word of God. And your pastor and I used to go across the street to a Mormon family. And we would tell them about the name of Jesus and about the infilling of the Holy Ghost and the oneness of God. And the young men we witnessed to got baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost. And we did not know that it would launch us into a divine flow that would put us and deposit us where it has. But here we are. Amen. And God is great. Amen. And he's going to do something good in this service tonight. Praise God. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you open them to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. While you're turning there, it's good to see mom and dad and Kristen and Rodney and all of the grandkids, and Heidi, and <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and verse 4. This is what the preacher said. One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh. But the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth. And the sun goeth down and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither 
they return again. The sun, the wind, the rivers, passing away, a generation comes. These are all elements that are in the world that we are a part of. And whether you know it or not, you are a part of that tonight. There have been generations that have been referenced already. That of Nathaniel Urshan and Brother Kurtz. And now here we are. It's a new generation. One generation passes, another generation comes. I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. I want to talk for a few moments on a message I'm entitling, The Flow. The Flow. Amen. Look at the person next to you and tell them it's important to get into the flow. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> I can remember as children, mom and dad sitting in the, in the front of the car, Dad was evangelizing, and we would get out of church late at night, and we would drive long distances, and sometimes we would pull into the south side of Indianapolis, and the gray of dawn would be peeking up over the horizon, and we would have to get ready for school. We would have slept in the car, and we would now get our clothes on, and we would go to school. And I can remember that and the weariness, and I can also remember uh, several sicknesses that afflicted me at that precise moment. <laughs> Infirmity would grip us. <laughs> and on those trips, a lot of times, we would play what we called the Bible game. The Bible game. And in the Bible game, here's how it worked. Uh, we stayed in the New Testament and we kind of stayed out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because they sounded a lot alike. We, we, we kind of wrestled with that. But from Acts to Revelation, it was all fair game. And we would hold Acts to Revelation. We would pull the pages open and we would look down and whatever our eye fell upon, we would read that verse. And I would look at Joel, Joel would look at me, I would read one to him, and he would have to tell me where it was, book, chapter, and verse, and vice versa. Sometimes we were horribly off, but as we became more proficient, we began to get better, and if you got the book, it was one point. If you got the book and the chapter, it was two points, and if you got book, chapter, and verse, that was a three-pointer, and he was the Larry Bird of the Bible game, ringing up three-pointers. <laughs> if you haven't figured this out yet, your pastor has a near photographic memory. And after getting soundly thumped in the Bible game and memory and all games involving memory, I retired from the Bible game. <clears throat> and I can't I couldn't have foreseen what 
what kind of a destination that God had in store for us. Who can know where they're going to wind up? I would imagine there's people here tonight that you, you perhaps didn't see yourself winding up in this room here on a Wednesday night from years gone by. But yet here you are, here we are. And what was happening was God was nudging young lives into a flow, into a current, a, an eternal current, an ancient current. Amen. It flowed from a long time ago. It, it flowed from, from before even time began. Because your Bible says that this destination was known by God. You might not have known you were going to be here, but God knew you were going to be here. And whether you know it or not, you too are caught up in a current. There was something that you stepped into that grabbed you up and swept you along. And it can take the form of somebody inviting you here to Tree of Life. It can... It can be you bumping into someone at the grocery store, a flyer hung on a door, a podcast that you listen to, but there you stepped out into a current of spiritual dimension and it swept you along into an apostolic atmosphere. Praise God. The Bible is full of this imagery um, and, and, and everything we do in life has to do with flow. I can remember J.T. Pugh preaching a message called the divine flow. And it was so abstract, it was so out there, that as a child I couldn't grasp the, the, the nuance and the subtlety of what Brother Pugh, in his, and, and what it was, it was his advanced years, and he was caught in the grip of prophetic momentum. And he saw on the horizon his own mortality. He saw his day coming to an end. And he was desperate to tell a new generation, you've got to grab a hold of this apostolic experience. And you've got to let the Holy Ghost pick you up. And you've got to let the Word of God sweep you along into the currents of God's providence. And so I couldn't grasp what he was saying. But as I got older, I realized... That there's a lot about flow that affects us profoundly. Yeah. Profoundly. Um, the wind. The Bible says the wind. It comes down toward the south. Turneth about to the north. It whirleth about continually. And then it returns. It, there's, a, there's, a, there's revolutions. There's movement. Praise God. And, and that's a, a, an everyday thing. Meteorologists. They, they make their living that way. You know whether to take an umbrella because people know the currents of the wind. And so that's a part of our everyday life. And not only that, the sun and, and celestial movement and the rotation of the earth. I know you think you're sitting still in church right now, but you're actually rotating about 30,000 miles an hour. And you're spinning and you're gyrating and you're moving. And the only reason you're not flinging off into outer space is because the chairs you're on are spinning at the same speed you are. And there's current and there's flow and there's movement. And I know there's people that look at their clocks when the preacher goes a little long 
and says, all right, time's passing, but actually what's happening is planets are just rotating. And suns rise, sun rises and sun sets, and planets turn, and that's what we call time. It's the revolution of planets, but it's all about flow. I wish that I could grab a hold of the passage of time. There are some things I wish I could go back and relive because it flows past us. It moves past us. And tonight in this building, you're never going to have this night back again. It's not just another Wednesday night. It's not just another moment. It's not just another service that we go to and then we go home. But tonight is an encounter with the supernatural that you have an opportunity to step out of the mundane, step out of the common, step out of the habitual, and say, I want to reach into the eternal things of God. I'm going to get a blessing. I'm going to get a blessing. You reach into that flow. Praise God. The wind, the sun, the rivers. The rivers. You're probably not going to find a bigger metaphor for flow than the river. Every ancient city had a river. Cities are built on rivers. Chicago. Memphis. Indianapolis has a river. Cincinnati have a river. It's got a river. You guys got a river. Everybody's got a river. River for you, river for you, river for me. Everybody's got a river. And the reason why is because in the old days, commerce, that flow brought goods. It, it brought people to you. It, people embarked and disembarked. Goods were loaded and unloaded. Praise God. And, and that flow was vital to life. It was vital to living. And you might not think that's a big deal, but, but even in your body, there is flow. It's happening right now. There's an invisible red river, and it is coursing through you right now. And it's carrying oxygen, and it's carrying hemoglobin, and it's carrying antibodies, and it's carrying white blood cells and corpuscles, and there's veins and there's capillaries and there's there's restrictions and there's pumps amen and it's all to keep the flow going if you don't have flow you die if the flow stops you stop life is all about flow praise god i tell you what why don't we just get in the flow tonight why don't we just go ahead and step into something that is powerful something that is churning some Something that's moving. Apostolic church services are all about flow. Amen. If you get into this service, if you get into the moving of the Holy Ghost, you'll find out that the Holy Ghost will start to move up and down these aisles. In and out of these chairs. It'll slosh up against the walls. It will move around you. You'll feel the presence of God. From every song to every prayer request to every message and every altar call. There is a flow in the Holy Ghost. And ladies and gentlemen, we need that flow. We need that flow. Amen. So that, that metaphor is, is big in the Bible. And probably the biggest one is the Jordan River. The Jordan River. It was the flow. 
Those rivers, they were life. They were metaphors for the spiritual life. Whenever that water ran, things turned green. Whatever that water touched, whatever it kissed, it turned green. And if you and I will allow that flow, you won't find a better manager of the flow than your pastor. Amen. I'm preaching in a church and I'm preaching on behalf of a preacher who understands flow. Amen. If there's going to be anything that happens in one of these church services, the Holy Ghost is going to flow. Amen. When you open up that word of God, it's like a dam opening. It's like great locks opening up. It's like, it's like a billowing, flowing maelstrom of water that churns out into this sanctuary. And everything it touches, it turns green. Everything it touches, it brings life. It brings healing when there's flow. It brings salvation when there's flow. There is deliverance when there is flow. There is power when there is flow. There's glory that breaks out when the flow starts happening in a service. Whatever you do in this place, let there be a flow from heaven. Let there be a flow from heaven. Praise God. Amen. You, gotta, you, you get into it. Some folks never get into it because the world has a flow. There's not only Jordan rivers, there's Nile rivers. And that's Egypt's flow. And there's a lot of people immersed in that flow. And our flow today is, it's an electronic flow. It's a flow of digitized experience. And it's fluid. It's there. There's people right now that are hooked up to it and on their cell phones and they can't stay away from it because they're in that flow. The news cycle flows. Politics flow. Modern events flow. Praise God. And, 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 and those rivers are not our rivers. Our rivers are of the Spirit. Those rivers carry foreign things. They carry things that cannot heal. They carry things that cannot deliver. They carry things that cannot save. Amen. But we're tied into those flows. Amen. We operate in those flows. And we see in the Bible, sometimes God's people had to deal with those flows. It was just a current reality. You got to go to work. You got to work a job. You got to make money. You got to rub shoulders with people. So you get into the flow of this world and you're carried along with the current events of this world. And what happens in the world happens to you because when you're in the flow, you're in the flow. And Moses was placed into that flow. And into that Nile River he goes. But, but all along the way, he wasn't alone. There was a sister over on the bank who kept an eye on him that said, I don't trust that flow. Because even though you're in the world, you're not of the world. And that's not our river. And we're not going to stay here for... That's the church. That's the watchful eyes of the church following you along, saying, I know you're working out there, but thank God that you can step into a place like this and feel the touch of heaven. Thank God that you can walk into here and feel the presence of God. Step out of that and step into this because that's not our river. This is our river. Ah, hallelujah. I know what Donald Trump's doing, but I really want to know what Jesus is doing. Praise God. And so that's the flow we're after. 
Those rivers were signs of spiritual life. Egypt drew its life from that river. And there's people that draw their lives from this river of this life. And you can get into the wrong flow real quick. Images and music and ideas, foreign ideas, toxic ideas. God judged that river. God turned that river to blood to show that this isn't the flow you want to be a part of. You want to be a part of heaven's flow. Amen. Let me tell you something interesting about the Jordan River that it, it amazes me every time I hear it. The Jordan River is one of the few rivers in the world that doesn't come from underneath. The Nile does. The Nile has what's called a head spring and it burbles up from the ground and it's fed by aquifers and it's fed by subterranean chambers and it comes up out of the ground because it's of the earth. It's of this world. Praise God. And anything that comes up from this world is not something that, that, that is suitable for God's purpose. Amen. One place it talked about the wisdom of this world and it says that it was, it was earthly and that it was sensual and that it was devilish and it came from the earth. But then it said there was a wisdom that came from above that was peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated. Praise God. There is a flow that comes down from heaven. The Jordan River is not like the Nile River. The Jordan doesn't come from beneath. It comes from above. It comes from Mount Hermon. It comes from a mountain top. It's where the rain comes. It's where the snow comes. And it, it comes down from heaven. And that's what you're experiencing in this church right now. The world can try to stop you. And the world can come against you. But you can't stop something that's coming down from heaven. Something that doesn't depend on the workings of men. And the, the, the intricacies of men. And the politics of men. But God has a plan. And God has a purpose. And he knows how to rain down his flow. He knows how to rain down from heaven. I'm talking about a sound that came from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind and it'll fill all the house where people are sitting. That's where it'll come from. Amen. Azusa Street came from heaven. Acts chapter 2 came from heaven. Sinai came from heaven. There's something that comes from heaven. And that's God's flow. And it starts out in droplet form. The Bible calls it the dew that is upon Mount Hermon. And so there's droplets and there's vapor. And it doesn't seem like much. But there's enough of it up there. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. One droplet by itself might not seem like much to you. And one person praying by themselves might not seem like much to you. But this is what the Bible said about that mountain. It said, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Why? Because it's like the dew that is upon Mount Hermon. It's like the blessing. 
It's like the anointing that flows down Aaron's beard, down to the skirts of his garment. Amen. What does unity and what does that flow have to do with each other? I'm going to tell you what it has to do. Because by ourselves, we aren't much. And just a handful, we aren't much. But if you can put one drop with another drop, with another drop and another drop, something starts to coalesce. Something starts to coagulate. Something starts to merge. And the drops get bigger. And they become rivulets. And they become trickles. You keep on praying and they become streams you keep on praying and you keep on worshiping and that stream joins that stream and there's a momentum I feel momentum at tree of life I feel a gravity starting in heaven and working its way down the crags and the gullies until when it gets to the bottom this thing's a river this thing's a moving churning, rushing mighty, torrential outpouring And it's important that you understand flow. I tell you, one of the big secrets to living for God, just get to church. Just get here, man. But I I can't explain the Godhead. I don't know how the God, that's fine, just get here. But I don't understand about the priesthood of Melchizedek. Just get here. How does holiness work? Let's just get here. What about Jesus' name and the power of the name? All of that is there and all of that is good. But just let this water touch you. Just let this river touch you. There's something about the Holy Ghost touching a backslidden heart. There's something... There's something that the scent of water, that though the root is dead, yet at the scent of water, it will bud. It will bring forth. God can touch bitterness. God can touch backsliddenness. God can touch dysfunction. God can touch disease. God can touch barrenness. God can touch desolation. There is a river. There is a river. And when it touches you, it turns green. Life, vitality, strength, renewal. Just get in the river. Praise God. Just get here, man. Just get, well, I don't know. I can't come to church. I need some time to take some time and think. And I need a little time away from the people of God. It's the worst thing you can do. Because except a branch abide in me, it cannot bring forth fruit. There's a flow in that tree. There's a flow to this tree of life. There's a sap that moves through those branches. And you can't bear fruit if you aren't connected to the branch. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Abide in me. And I will abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Neither can you except you abide in me. Well, I'll get better. Just let me stay at home for a little while. No, what you'll do is you'll wither. 
you'll wither. You'll, you'll shrivel. You'll dry out. The devil loves dry places. Hallelujah. That's why the sinful life is always a desert. It's always a barren place. It's, it's always the, the snake and the, and the, and the raven and, and, and the, the, the desert-dwelling creatures and the creeping things. It's the serpents. It's the scorpions. It's the stinging things, the biting things, that t- things that take residence in dry places, even to the point where when an unclean spirit is cast out of a man, it goes looking for rest in dry places. The devil can't take up residence where it's saturated with the power of the Holy Ghost. You don't need to know every mystery. You just need to let the river get a hold of you. You just need to get in the flow. Let the Holy Ghost start washing I can feel it right now I can feel it right now I can feel it moving up and down these aisles in and out of these chairs there is a flow in the Holy Ghost praise God there's got to be movement this is why denomination is dying Denomination is dying because they lost their movement. You won't find people clapping. You'll find it at a ball game, but you won't find it in a church. And, and, and you'll find them shouting and hollering at worldly entertainment venues, but you won't find it in church, in, in the denominal churches, because they lost the movement. They lost that flow. That is important. You're not supposed to sit there quiet, not in the house of God. Oh, no, no. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name because the Lord is good. I came to tell somebody that the Lord is good. So lift up your hands. Lift up your head, O ye gates. That's a hand clapping, shouting, dancing, moving. Ah, this place is thrumming with power and movement and vitality. Because if you ever lose the movement, praise God, praise God. People want life. People want the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Well, I think we might be quiet. We invited some friends to church. We don't want to scare them off. Oh, no, man. That's the time to have throwdown church. That's the time to get those hands in the air. That's the time to get hand clapping because that initiates the flow. That says, come on this way, Jesus. Move in this sanctuary, Jesus. Let it flow. Let it flow. Praise God. That water works its way down Hermon. And it goes down. It goes underground. And it supplies every water source in Israel. All those wells, that's water from Hermon. That's not different water. That's the same water. It runs underground. It supplies the water table. Every bit of it comes from heaven that woman at the well that was putting down her bucket that came from Hermon 
Hallelujah. Amen. There'll be people that won't come to church, but they'll listen to you on the job. They'll sit next to you on your job. And while they may not be at the river yet, they can dip their bucket down into the well of your experience. And when they hear you sing, and when they hear you testify, and when they hear blessing come up out of you, oh yeah, didn't you know that it will be in you, in you, in you, a well of living water springing up. It'll spring up on your job. It'll spring up in your school. It'll spring up in your family. It'll spring up. Spring up a well. It's the same stuff that came down the mountain. It's just flowing through your well too. Praise God. Ah, Jesus, we need that Holy Ghost flowing. Churches will live. The land will live when it gets in the flow. Praise God. I want to encourage somebody tonight. I want to talk to somebody that feels, that feels discouraged because, because you think it might be hard to get in heaven. You think maybe there's stuff that you do that you're going to forget to repent of. There's stuff that you did that that you can't undo and sins that are too big for God to handle. There are people that live in condemnation and worry that they're, I can remember my sister, we're celebrating 40 years. We have a lot of memories. Here's one of the memories of our sister. She, she was so afraid of going to hell. We were all petrified of going to hell. We didn't want to go to hell. And that's all right. Amen. And, 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 and when, when she would do something that wasn't right or something that might be a little mean, and she could be a little mean at times, amen, she would come up and she would say, forgive me if I've done anything wrong, if I've done anything wrong. And I mean, so she, she'd snap at us real quick or, or, or we'd do something to make her mad, she'd, she'd, she'd get upset and she'd say something and, and, then, and then she'd feel bad, forgive me if I've done anything wrong, if I've done anything wrong. <laughs> she wanted to make sure that it was covered by the blood. Amen. That's all right. Praise God. They're, 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 I, would, I would encourage you because when you come into this body of Christ, it is a body. And this body has blood. It has blood. And that blood is sufficient. It flows. It flows when you don't know it's flowing. It's flowing right now. And while you're sleeping at night, that blood is moving and it's pumping. And there's diseases that would build up. And there's injuries that do take place. But in the night, that never moving interior river just takes it away. And it brings healing. And you don't know it's happening, but it's happening because it's part of the body of Christ. I'm telling you that while you're just living your everyday life, as you long as you stay in the flow, God is taking forgotten sins and God has taken hidden things and God is taking things you forgot about and things that you said that weren't right and moments where you didn't do it right and he's washing them away by the blood of Jesus Christ because his blood cleanseth us that means it keeps on cleansing and it keeps on washing and it keeps on flowing it cleanseth us from all unrighteousness. 
So I ask forgiveness for everything I know and want my heart to be right and cleanse me, Jesus. But for the stuff that I forget and the stuff I forgot and the stuff I missed, there's blood that covers that too. And it washes it away. And it does away with it. And it all comes from being in the flow. It's important how you handle the flow. It's important that it be active in your life. You know, it's not, it's not the lake of living water. It's not the pond of living water. It's not the swamp of living water. But it's the river of living water. Praise God. They say that when you get in a river, you never get in the same water twice. You never get in the same water twice. Every time you step into the river, it's different. Now, when you step into a pond... That's the same water. When you step down into the lake, it's the same water because it's enclosed. It's, it's bound on every side, but not the river. The river comes from one place, and it goes to another place. And from the place that it came, it will go again. Hallelujah. That's, that, it's important to have a flow in your life. Every, every time that you open up that Bible, you step into something new. Every time you go into that prayer room, you step into something new. Every Wednesday night, there's something new. Every Bible study, there's something new. Well, I'll just take Wednesday night off because it's the same old, same old. That means you're living in a lake, sir. It means you're living in a pond. And that's not the way it was designed. You got to kick open the borders. And you got to let it flow. Flow over your marriage. Flow over your children. Flow over your grandchildren. Because God is new. Every day. Every day. It's not the same stuff. There's something new happening every day. Because it's a river. And it matters where you get in this river at. It matters. Where you get in matters. Because I... Can I take my time? I mean, I know it's Wednesday and I know... Come on, it's 40th birthday, guys. Let's... Let's just, let's just go. Let's just get our little boats and jump in, and let's just go wherever it takes us. Ha. But if you try to get in this river at the end of the river, the end of that Old, that New Testament, Old Testament river, Jordan, was the Dead Sea. You don't want to get in at the end. And I don't know any river you want to get in the end at. If you were to go down to New Orleans and get you a big gulp cup and dip it down in the water, I think I'll take a drink. I'm so thirsty. And what breaks my heart is we live in a world of thirsty people. And they're so thirsty. They're so thirsty. And they're coming to the end of the river 
And they're dipping down and saying, well, I'll try Jesus. And when they come up, the stuff that's in there is not the stuff that was at the beginning of the river. You go to New Orleans, you might have a hypodermic needle in your cup. A little pesticide. A little radioactive runoff. You might find an old boot. Because there's stuff that gets picked up along the way. And, 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 I, and, and, and the big deal about this kind of a church is this is not an end of the river kind of a church. This is a beginning of the river kind of church. I want to I get where the water's coming down. I want to get where the water is pure. I don't, wanna, I don't want to go through all the meandering down through the ages. I don't want it to wind its way through Catholicism, down through Protestantism, down through the councils, down through the Trinity, down through the easy believism, down through the false grace, down through all the rituals and ceremonies and the icons and all of the holy wars. I don't want to drink from that water. That's death in that water. I got to go back to the book of Acts. I got to go back to the day of Pentecost. And I got to get back to the head springs when it came down down from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, that's good water. You can drink that water. You can fill up on that water. I want to drink it like Peter drank it. I want to drink it like Paul drank it. Out of Peter, James, and John, Bartholomew, Mary, the mother of Jesus. They got in the flow. That's what tree of life is. Goes back to the head springs. It insists on Acts chapter 2. And the denominal world doesn't want you doing that. Don't you drink from that water. You can't have that water. That's not for you. Ah, oh, that's for everybody. It's for whosoever will. Let him come and let him drink from the waters of life freely. get in that flow. Every day when I wake up and my feet hit the floor, I want to get into that current. Hey, Talaboko Shataya. Hey, Oh, I like the music, and I like professional surroundings, and I like air conditioning. I like all of it, but I really like the flow. Hallelujah. The, the river the river will prove you. It will prove you. God will take you to the river. And how you handle it will prove you. The scripture says that Gideon came to the waters. And he had an army. And as they got to that river... God said, tell them to drink from the water. Because God will prove you at the waters. How you handle the flow will determine whether or not you continue. And so the majority of people, and you'll find that the majority of people live their lives like this. The Bible says they knelt and they lapped water like a dog. 
It's significant. It's significant what they did. Because every time the world is shown without God, man without God, it's always as a beast. So in Revelation, whenever there's a beast, it means man without God. It means, it means fallen man. It means the nature of a beast. And so what they were doing was how they treated the water distinguished who God would choose and who God would not choose. Because there were some who drank like a dog and then some who drank like a man. And here's what the Bible says. Whoever lowered himself to the water was disqualified. But whoever lifted the water, God chose don't miss that because there's things in life that how you handle them will determine what nature you are of. Let me, let me make it a little more clear. You'll have money flow through your life. And how you handle that money will determine whether God chooses you or not. There's nothing wrong with money. That money isn't sinful money. That money, there's no evil money. But how you handle it, whether you lower yourself to money or whether you elevate money up to God's purpose will determine whether or not God chooses you. Hallelujah. How you handle what God, the flow. God wants to make everybody in this room a millionaire. I hope you all become millionaires, but not if it's going to destroy your life. Not if it's going to lower you. Not if it's going to make you become bestial. Not if it's going to make you forget God. I hope that if you get money, you keep on shouting and you keep on dancing and you keep on singing and you keep on praising. I hope you can still listen to your pastor. I hope you can still talk in tongues. I hope you can still run the aisles. I hope you can I hope you lift the money up. Don't lower yourself. How you handle the flow makes all the difference in the world. It'll prove what you are. You want to find out what's in a man? Give him power. You let the flow come through his life. You'll see what's in that man. I, I know of people that have preached against education. They preach against education because their kids go to college and, and they get in trouble. They turn into monsters. And, and, and all the problems, education. No, that's not the problem. Problem's not education. I believe in education. Education's a big deal. You get education, your vocabulary increases to where you can glorify God. Your appreciation of the glory of God just escalates. You just get more wherewithal to give him glory and give him praise. Education's not the problem. Secularist, liberal professors, and humanism woven through the education is the problem. And, and if you lower yourself like an animal to drink from education, you'll disqualify yourself. Uh, God doesn't want to give you a PhD so that you can say there's no God. God doesn't want to put some letters behind your name so that you can curse him. And so that you can get too sophisticated. And you can stop being Pentecostal. Woo! 
no, no. You take that education and you elevate it. You raise it up and you let that flow trickle down your throat. And God says, that's the one that I'm going to use right there. I'm going to use that one right when I get done with that guy. The Midianites are going to be running. When I get done with that guy, the trumpets are going to be blowing. The pitchers are going to be smashing. The candles are going to be lighting. And it's going to be the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. How you handle the flow makes all the difference in the world. Hallelujah. I'm not going to preach much longer. I'm not going to preach much longer. I'm just going to say you got to get in this flow. You got to get in this flow. Amen. When Naaman stepped down into that water, he was entering into a flow that came from Mount Hermon. He was entering into a flow that had 24 stones in it. He was going to dip seven times in that. That's a snapshot. If you could, if you could, if you could get a camera and just snap that, that shot right there as he dipped the seventh time down. Hallelujah. Right before the miracle happened, those four and twenty stones and those seven dips are a picture of four and twenty elders and seven candlesticks up in heaven. And it flowed all the way from up there, all the way down to here. And if you'll allow me this, it was on earth as it is in heaven. And if you can get in that flow, if you can duplicate down here what is up there, God started that flow a long time ago. And I made up in my mind, I want my children in that flow. I want my marriage in that flow. I want to immerse myself into the Holy Ghost that flows in these services. Because when you come up on the seventh time, the leprosy is going to be gone. And the disease is going to be overcome as heaven kisses earth. Oh, somebody lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Let's stand in the presence of God tonight. Naaman, the reason why you got, in the, got to get in the flow is because it's taking you to a place where the lame are going to walk. It's taking you to a place where the dumb are going to sing. It's taking you to a place where every blind eye is going to be opened and every deaf ear is going to be unstopped and where the crooked is going to be made straight and there's going to be a highway there, a highway of holiness. My unclean shall not walk upon it, but the pure in heart, that's who's going to walk on that highway and there'll be streams in the desert and there'll be rivers in the wilderness. Somebody lift your hands tonight in this house. 
tree of life. Tree of life. It's important to be in this flow. Somebody lift your voice right now in this house. Come on, come on, Naaman. Let's get down into this. Come on down into this Pentecostal experience. Come on down into this rushing, moving, roiling. Come down into this fluidity, into this movement of Pentecost. It's Wednesday night. Why don't we come? Why don't you step out of your seat? Come join me. It's your pastor's 40th birthday. Come and gather around this front. There's money. There's money that is still flowing. And it's coming. It's coming. It's coming through you. It's coming through sources. It's coming from places you didn't imagine it would come, come through. And, 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 and we don't have to lower ourselves and debase ourselves with that like the world does. We can elevate that. We can raise that up for the glory of God. God's got a flow, and it's in this house tonight. Let's gather in close. Let's lift our hands to heaven. I want you to open your mouth and help me call on the name of Jesus right now. Right where you are. Come get into this flow of the Holy Ghost. Come down into this river. One generation comes, another passes. The wind comes from the place that it came, it returns again thither. The sun goes in its course and it returns. It's all about the flow. Hallelujah. Let's flow together around this altar. Let's, let's flow together in unity. How good and how pleasant it is. How good and how pleasant it is. God's got some Gideons here that he's raising up. God's got some Naamans here that he's washing. God's got some situations here. Oh, let's love him tonight, tree of life. Let's worship him right where you are. Somebody speak that name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, husband. Why don't you get in the flow? Come on, wife. Why don't you get in the flow? Hallelujah. Brother Urshan, I can't let my prayer life dry out. I can't let my, my spirit dry out. I can't let my church attendance dry up. In the name of Jesus. Every Wednesday, there's a river. Every Sunday, there's a river. Hallelujah, there's a river flowing. In the name of Jesus, it springs up. A well of water. A well of water. Just come down into this river, Naaman. Come down into this river. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus right now. Let's lift up the name of Jesus right now. 
Oh, blessed be the name of the mighty God. Blessed be the name of the mighty God. Hallelujah. Jesus, our God and Savior. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Come on, somebody step into that flow right now. Step into that flow right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 To the lowest. To the lowest valley. Day to day, it will 